With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a Monday. A little late to call this any sort of instant reaction or anything like that. That's not what this podcast is going to be. I was unable to do an instant reaction Saturday, win or lose, most likely, um, because I was in Iowa City at the game. And we can discuss whether or not that was a good decision. Uh, But, you know, had Iowa won, I probably would have found a way to you know, record something on the way home or, you know, do something like that. But yeah, I just honestly, I wasn't up for it uh, on Saturday afternoon. I spent Sunday kind of gathering my thoughts, licking my wounds, uh, you know, re recouping my mental state uh, around this team right now, as hopefully a lot of you did as well. And, uh, and coming to you here on a Monday to talk, not just about the Purdue game, but, you know, look ahead a little bit, uh, maybe get into a little bit of basketball as it's, uh, that season is is coming quickly, right? It's uh, they had basketball media day last week. Iowa did, and uh, will was just two or three weeks away now from uh, from starting the season. What should be an interesting season? Uh, what I think is going to be a fun season, but uh, we'll ultimately uh, find that out. But not time yet to turn the page on the football season. As much as uh, some of us may have wanted to do that at some point Saturday afternoon or in the you know, 36 hours, 48 hours since then. Oof, that that was uh, that was a rough run. You know, I, I want to start before I talk about the game and uh, the disappointment around that game. I do want to make sure I frame it as uh, I'm glad I went to Iowa City on Saturday. I'm glad I it had been three years since I'd been to a game. Uh, you know, for those of you who believe in superstition type things. Uh, maybe I'm the reason Iowa lost. They lost the last time I was at Kinnick. Now I've been to a lot of big wins at Kinnick too. So uh, it's not like they've lost every time I've been there. But the last two times have been difficult games, difficult losses. Kind of felt the same. It was a 2018 Northwestern. Uh, that was a colder day and maybe didn't, maybe weren't outplayed quite as much. But it felt like Northwestern had control of that game pretty much the whole game. You could kind of see the way it was going. And that's what it felt like Saturday afternoon as well. I mean, it was it was pretty clear pretty early that this wasn't going to be an easy game. And then it was pretty clear in the third quarter uh, that this was not a a win for the Hawkeyes, uh, you know, barring some sort of miracle. But before I talk about the disappointment of that uh, and, you know, how how tough that is to swallow the pill that we all have to swallow now and 
um, you know, what it means for for the rest of the season moving forward and and all of that. I do want to just, you know, give a first of all, give a shout out to uh, some really fun tailgaters, uh, you know, Joel and Joey, who welcomed my wife and I and their whole group who welcomed my wife and I with open arms on Saturday morning. We had such a good time walking around, uh, you know, hanging out with them for, for sure. But, you know, walking around Melrose, walking through the parking lots, saying what's up to people, uh, stopping at a few different places, uh, having a few beers and just kind of celebrating, you know, what at that point was an historic season, a 6-0 and second ranked team, uh, a beautiful day in Iowa City. So, like, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that I had a lot of fun in Iowa City. We had a good time. My wife and I went to Cedar Rapids after the game and we spent the night up there and I hadn't hung out in Cedar Rapids very much and I haven't done it in, in years and years, even when I did. Uh, and that's a cool city. It's, they, they got some cool areas. We had a really nice dinner. We had a good night that night. Um, so I'm able to compartmentalize, you know, mostly <laughs> football and real life. Uh, so I don't want to lose sight of the fact that uh, I'm glad I went to that the game. I'm glad I made the trip to Iowa City. Do I wish I'd done it a week earlier? Yeah, probably. Um, but it, it is what it is. It, the, you know, the wave is just as kind of uh, you know profound as it was a few years ago, and as you expect it to be. And regardless of the score on the scoreboard, uh, when that happens. That's a special, special moment inside Kinnick, uh, you know, with the the alumni band coming out on homecoming, and uh, that was all fun. The pregame festivities, the IOWA. I love Kinnick. I love that. That's such a great stadium, such a cool place to be, uh, a great atmosphere, tailgating the whole day. It was it was really really cool. So now we get to the game. Do we have to? Yeah, I guess we have to. It just you know it's it's. It's the thing that I had kind of attempted to put out of my mind as a possibility. The, not just let down, but like the the absolute, everything goes wrong. All of the kind of issues that we all knew Iowa had, uh, but they've been able to overcome through the first half of the season. Some of the things that, you know, we, we had questions about, but maybe didn't know how glaring some of the things were we've questioned the offensive line for the entire season. They hadn't looked as bad as they looked on Saturday. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, the David Bell aspect of it and just, you know, the fact that he's just an absolute Hawkeye killer, another 240 yards. He's up around 605 touchdowns in three games against the Hawkeyes. I'd be glad to never see that guy again on the field, but it wasn't just him. And it wasn't just that, you know, Riley Moss was was out of the game or anything like that. It wasn't just that uh, Caleb Shudak missed that field goal early on, which was kind of a head scratcher. I'm not sure exactly what happened there. And even listening to like the washed up walk-ons, you know, the guys who have played, the guys who have been on those teams, on those special teams teams, couldn't say exactly what happened there. Um, it didn't look like a bad snap or a bad hold. The wind didn't seem to be much of an, uh, a factor, even though it was quite windy inside Kinnick. Um, so that, you know, it's just kind of all of the things came together at once and it was the perfect storm. And is that because Iowa is not as good as we thought? Is that because Purdue is better than we thought? Is that because, 
Jeff Brom has Kirk Ferentz's number and just has some sort of magic figured out against Iowa? Is it because Iowa refuses to adjust to things like that? Uh, it's it's a little bit of all of that. You know, a, a big thing coming out, especially with the David Bell and just how good he has done and how all week we knew he was the guy to keep an eye on. All week we knew, we talked about how he was the guy who could kill us and then to see him kill us it makes you think, man, what what are these coaches being paid for? If we knew this, how could they not know it? And of course they know it. And of course they know more football than I do or you do or any of us do. Um, but Iowa does what Iowa does. Under Kirk Ferentz for 23 years, Iowa does what Iowa does. And they're not going to drastically adjust their offense or defensive schemes for a single game. If you can go out and beat Iowa playing the way of the, the type of football they play, you're going to have success every year. This is what Purdue has done. Jeff Brown has won four of his five games against Iowa. A full quarter of his Big Ten wins at Purdue are against the Hawkeyes. Is that because he's recruiting more talent than Iowa? No. Is it because those teams are overall better than Iowa's? No. It's because he has a scheme he has something figured out against Iowa, and Iowa, whether it be stubbornness or staying the course, refuses to adjust everything they do to compensate for this one game. And on one hand, that that's super frustrating because, I mean, do you feel confident I was going to beat Purdue next year? Not knowing, not knowing the circumstance at all, not knowing who's on the field or what either team looks like. I don't even know when that game is in the season next year. I'd put money on Purdue right now because they have it figured out. And I was not going to adjust to that. The way that Iowa plays is going to win you 75% of your games probably. It's not going to win you all of your games more often than not. Um, you know, I bought into this a week ago partially because I, I wanted to have that. that that's That's... The way you think is is up to you, right? Like the the way you feel about things, your attitude is is the one thing you can, um, you have full control over. And so, rather than be worried about Purdue and the other games on the schedule, uh, I've I said it on this podcast several times. Like these these last six games of the season were never going to be easy. Uh, all of them are going to be tough. All of these teams know how to play Iowa. They've played Iowa a lot. These are big rivalry games. These are important games for those teams and coaches and programs as well. And especially when you have a highly ranked undefeated Iowa team and you can kind of salvage your season, um, jump into the rankings as Purdue has with a big win over this Hawkeye team. I never thought this was going to be easy or that it was a sure thing, but I had decided, I had made a decision to look at the bright side, to be an optimist, and to think this is the year. This is the year they're going to do it, and not just go twelve and zero like they did in twenty fifteen, but look very good doing it and go into a Big Ten t- championship game uh, as maybe even a favorite over an East team, whoever that is. It's probably not going to happen now. At least now, I mean, obviously the twelve and zero thing's not going to happen. Iowa can certainly still get to Indianapolis, and and honestly, as we sit here today, I expect them to get to Indianapolis. I don't think what we saw on Saturday is some sort of indictment on this team that the first six wins were fluke. I mean, Iowa beat really good teams and beat the absolute crap out of some really good teams in that process. Iowa State looked great Saturday night. Iowa pounded them. 
So I don't think this means that Iowa sucks. I think it means that some of the the issues really need to be addressed. Offensive line, some play calling, some maybe even um, personnel. You know, why is Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce, why are those not kind of our, our top targets right now? Maybe they should be. Uh, I know that Tyrone Tracy and Nico Regani, Sam Laporta, those guys have put a lot of time in and have earned their spots and all of that stuff. Uh, but when you have when you have talent on the field, you need to get the ball to them. Um, the offense just isn't going to be able to win a game by itself. I don't think that's going to happen all season. I don't think we're going to see some drastic shift where Iowa's offense all of a sudden figures it out, it clicks, and now they're good. Now they Now as an offense, they can put up 35 points a game. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it's probably also not going to happen again that Iowa's defense looks as bad as they did against Purdue, where they can't get a turnover, they can't get a stop on third down, and David Bell takes a crossing route, Matt Hankins misses a tackle, and all of a sudden Bell is 45 yards downfield. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen often. But if Iowa's offense has to win a game, another game this season, the the, the Hawks are going to lose that game. I, I'm certain of that. And... Will that happen in the next five games? Eh, it probably will. It probably will. And is 10-2 and two good enough to get you to the Big Ten championship game? It probably will be, yeah. Uh, right now, the only team that truly controls its own destiny, I guess Purdue and, and Minnesota both in the West do. Uh, but they're going to play each other. And Iowa gets to play Minnesota. So, do I think Purdue's going to go undefeated? I don't. Do I think Iowa has to go undefeated to get to, get to the Big Ten championship game? No, I don't. And so, is that loss next week at Wisconsin? Man, I hope not, because losing two in a row is going to be hard to come back from, especially with the bye week in between. But maybe it's the last game of the year. Maybe it's that Black Friday game against Nebraska, although they seem to be kind of falling apart. Maybe it is Minnesota that, that gets us. I mean, would, it put, would you put it past Illinois? I wouldn't. And so, I'm trying to walk this kind of interesting line that I'm sure a lot of you are as well, of... Still believing, still understanding that there's a lot out there. There's a lot of possibilities while coming to terms with the fact that this isn't the dream season, or at least it doesn't feel like it's going to be. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, go go win the Big Ten Championship. This becomes a dream season. You win 10 games and then win a Big Ten Championship. I don't care if you get to the playoff or not. Give me a Big Ten title in a Rose Bowl every year. I'll be happy. All right. Um, and I don't like the argument of, well, you know, back in August, if you had said you'd be 6-1 and one and ranked 11th after seven weeks, you're right. But that's, it's not August. <laughs> it's not August. Um, my ex- Your expectations change week to week. It's just the way it is. Um, so it's all, it's all going to be okay. But man, they have some things to figure out. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so it feels like I'm just kind of rambling here a little bit, but I'll I'll just I'll continue to do that uh, for just a little bit longer here uh, as we look ahead. Obviously, this bye week. I, I don't know if this bye week comes at a good time or a bad time for Iowa. It's uh, you know having never played at this level, having never dealt with things at this level. It's just I I don't know. Um, I guess I probably would have rather had the bye week last week. I and the emotional letdown stuff again. I, I'm not sure how big of an impact that has. Um, I'm sure that stadium felt a little quieter than it did a week ago, but that was going to happen no matter who the opponent was and no matter what the outcome of that game was. Like There, were, there was no nothing that could have happened this Saturday that was going to match the energy of Kinnick Stadium from a week ago. And so was there some letdown as far as that? Possibly. Uh, was there some sort of emotional or mental letdown from the players just from the high of that win on Saturday, kind of celebrating the ranking, all of this stuff, all of the talk? Um, did that get into their heads and impact their preparation or anything like that? Possibly. Sure, that that's that's possible. Uh, but again, it's you just can't blame a loss. It's like that sound of a loss, that soundly, you got soundly beaten. It wasn't just one thing. It was a lot of things, and and a big part of that is Purdue and and what they were able to come in and do. You know, it that game, it felt over when it didn't feel over at halftime because Iowa had scored. Now Purdue had marched down and gotten that late touchdown. I didn't mind Iowa kneeling. Sure, would I've liked to see him take a shot? Sure, I guess. But it it like that didn't feel like uh, like I didn't boo in the stadium like a lot of people did. Uh, when Spencer Petrus took a knee and, and they went to halftime. Uh, it felt like you needed to just kind of regroup and, and maybe come back and, and do something early in the third, and then they just weren't able to do that. Um, when Purdue had that touchdown called back, and not just called back, but turned into a fumble, a touchback, and Iowa's ball, it felt like, okay, here we go. It was 17-7 to at that point. And it really felt like if I was able to march down and, and turn that into a touchdown and essentially have a 14-point flip there, get back to a three-point game, I feel like if Iowa had done that, Iowa, Iowa had a chance to win that game. But, I mean, a three-play, negative 10-yard, three and out, and then Purdue follows that up with a touchdown. And at that point, I mean, it was it was over, right? It was, uh, that was, that was the game. Spencer Peters threw three interceptions late in the game. The first interception wasn't really his fault, uh, or at least it didn't appear to be his fault. Um, but those last three interceptions, uh, that you know, just kind of is what it is. It goes on his his stat sheet. He does have six interceptions, but those last three, and certainly the the two, the last two in the in the final couple of minutes. Um, you know, he's just a guy trying to make something happen in desperation time. Uh, was glad to see Iowa didn't give up 25 points. Um, so that streak continues, and they're pushing near 30 games now of not giving up 25 points to anybody, which is is incredible. Um, but it just doesn't feel great after when you lose 24 to seven. So that is what it is. Uh, now you just got to get ready, right? And you have a, a Wisconsin team 
You're at Wisconsin. It's a it's a hard place to play. It's a place that Iowa always struggles. You have a Wisconsin team that feels you know has to feel pretty good about itself, I guess. Uh, after a tough start to the season, a th- one and three start to the season, but three losses against good teams in Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan. You come, you shut out Illinois, you beat Army. Now they get Purdue this week, and so that'll be interesting to kind of see how that game plays out before Iowa comes to town. That's an 11 a.m. kick on the 30th. Uh, that's just a huge game for this Iowa team and, and for kind of what the rest of the season is. Two two games on the road here at Wisconsin at Northwestern. If you can get through those two, it really resets things again. And now you're eight and one going into your final three games. And who knows what's on the line for teams like Minnesota, Illinois, and Nebraska. And again, Nebraska is a good team. They have they have talent and they've been close in a lot of games. But I really feel like they're on the verge of falling apart. And if this is a team that uh, has nothing to play for on Black Friday, except. And, and and really even like there's a chance it's not even to spoil Iowa's you know trip to Indianapolis like you could you could make the argument that if Iowa needs that that game to get to Indy to win the West that is something to play for for Nebraska, um, but now with that that loss at Michigan on Saturday really kind of goes against the narrative that they've had all year. I mean the Illinois loss was was head scratching and deflating I'm sure, but. The other three losses bef- uh, since then were close games uh, against good teams where it really felt like Nebraska was on the verge of putting it all together. And now it feels like they're on the verge of it all falling apart because they, they have uh, Purdue in a couple of weeks, then Ohio State, and then at Wisconsin. And this is a team that is three and 3-5 on the season. So let's say they just win one of these next two games and they're four and seven, and they're not playing for a bowl game. Um, you know, on Black Friday, are, have they completely checked out at that point? I think there's a decent chance of that. Um, so you know, Iowa, it's all still out there. My, most of it is still out there, I guess. All like the reasonable stuff, and I'll, I'll admit, I was being unreasonable last year, or at least uh, or last week, or you know, ultimately, that's that's how it turns out. I'm I'm not ashamed that I bought in and believed that I was going to go 12 and 0. They're going to run the table. They're going to go win a Big Ten championship. I'm not ashamed of that. Do I feel a little dumb about it? Yeah. <laughs> Am I a little embarrassed? Sure. Uh, but I I'm I'll do it again. I'd rather be that guy than be the guy who was around all week saying, "Well, th- this is all going to fall apart." Uh, you know, don't buy into the hype. Don't believe it. Even though that guy was ultimately right. Uh, I just I've I would rather live my life uh, as the guy who as you know the the way I am. So um, you know I hope I didn't get your hopes up too much last week when I was uh, having the fun that I was having, and and hopefully this this one loss doesn't kind of dampen everything um, for for this football season because. Now it's now it's time, right? You get the bye week, you get to regroup, and you have a big game at Wisconsin. Let's let's find out what this team is made of. It's time for them to go and 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 take it. Now it's it's not going to be easy, right? They're they're not going to walk into Indianapolis now. So now it's time to kind of prove prove who you are and, and what you are, and um, write the story for the rest of this season. All right, a couple more minutes here. Uh, we'll move away from football. 
the Iowa basketball team had media day last week. Uh, it was well covered by HawkeyeNation.com. John Bonacamp and Rob Howe, Rick Brown do such a great job. But but check that out. Check out all the coverage from that. And um, man, I tell you, I'm I'm excited about this basketball season. It's not going to be what it was last year. And last year, even though it ended in a disappointing way against Oregon, man, what a fun season. Big games, a lot of wins, uh, you know, prime time, beating good teams, playing well. That was so much fun. National Player of the Year, Big Ten Player, all, all of the things, right? Luca and Wheezy, J-Bo, um, you know, starting to see the emergence of some of the younger guys, uh, seeing Joe Toussaint kind of play his role one more time before he gets to take over this team. Patrick McCaffrey, I think, had his best game against Oregon. Maybe it was the best Hawkeye on, on the floor at times other than Luca Garza uh, against Oregon and, and excited to see kind of what, what he's going to bring to the table. Keegan Murray is an absolute stud, uh, projected first-round draft pick next season. And and his brother Chris, by all me or you know, by all everything being said inside that program, by Keegan, by the other players, by the coaching staff, is that Chris is kind of poised for a big breakout here. It's gonna it's 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 a fun thing when we don't know exactly what this team is gonna look like, and they're gonna get a bunch of non-conference games to figure that out. Uh, they got they're gonna have to figure it out fairly quickly. Uh, if they want to make any noise in the Big Ten, if they want to finish in the top half of the Big Ten, if they want to get back to the NCAA tournament. And I really think that should just be a baseline goal year in and year out. I know it's not going to happen every year where this this team makes the tournament every year. But I think that's a, a, a legitimate, reasonable expectation that this team should play itself into the NCAA tournament each and every year. And that that's where my expectation is for this season. Uh, that's probably a little higher than a lot of people's expectations. It's certainly a little higher than the national expectations or uh, expectations within the Big Ten where I was p- picked to finish ninth. But I think this team could find itself. Uh, I think this team could be very good defensively compared to what we've seen from other Fran McCaffrey teams. Um, and I think, you know, getting as much as I love Luca Garza, you know, not running the offense through him is is going to open some things up for other guys. I'm excited to see Jordan Bohannon off the ball and not having to worry about bringing it up and, and running that offense. And and with that, I'm excited to see Joe Toussaint really kind of take that leadership role, that starting number one, you know, point guard. Uh, what what does this team look like when he knows he's the guy and kind of leads that way? I'm, I'm excited to see that. Again, you know, the Murray brothers, uh, Philip Robracha, I'm excited to see kind of what, he, what he's able to add if, if he's able to play uh, step his game up and play Big Ten caliber basketball in the post. And Patrick McCaffrey, I think, is is poised to have a big, big season as well. Plus, you've got Aaron Eulis and Tony Perkins, uh, Gundele, Josh Gundele. I mean, I just, I'm excited to kind of see what this team is able to put together. It's going to be more up and down than last season was. There's going to be some head-scratching losses, but I think there's also going to be some really exciting wins and maybe some of those wins that even feel more exciting than last season because they're so unexpected. Um, I don't think this is going to be a team that's, you know, flirting with being ranked or anything like that, but, you know, it's a team that should beat Iowa State uh, and can make some noise in the Big Ten. And again, I think playing onto the bubble and into the NCAA tournament, maybe you have to win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament and be kind of nice to actually go and do that um, and to get into the NCAA tournament. And, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm getting to the point where 
you wonder if it's going to be a year like this where Iowa gets to a Sweet 16. You know, something that's that's unexpected. Maybe a uh, they they win an upset game in the first round as a, a lower seed, and then um, finally the team on the other line gets upset and they get to play, you know, another team that pulled an upset in the second round. And that's how they get to a sweet 16. You know, you don't have to play a two seed in the second round, something like that. Um, but you know, it'll be a year that, that none of us expected and my God, we're due. So, uh, I'm, you know, again, it's, it's, we're still a few weeks away from the first games. Um, but I'm excited for this basketball season. I, I hope you're getting there as well. And that's not to try to turn a page on a football season that there's still a lot of promise to. Hey, we still have the 11th ranked football team in the country. And I think that's um, that's a, a legitimate ranking. Was this last weekend disappointing? Obviously. But it's all still out there. And I think the Hawkeyes still have a very good chance to represent the Big Ten West in Indianapolis. I feel, like I feel a little less bullish on them going and winning that game than I did uh, a few days ago. But... Stranger things have happened, right? Uh, so, hey, keep your heads up. The sun will come out day in and day out. It's still great to be a Hawkeye. It's always great to be a Hawkeye. You'd rather be a Hawkeye than anything else. Um, and, you know, we'll get through this together. Uh, again, the the coverage this week will be uh, a little spotty, at least from a podcast perspective. I will do the Thursday radio show. Won't have a an opposition research podcast, but uh, we'll still have a lot of content over at HawkeyeNation.com and uh, we've got you covered on all things Hawkeyes. Shout out to the field hockey team. Number one versus number two last Friday. Uh, the big win in in shootout penalty kicks. I don't know what you call that. I guess shootout in field hockey over Michigan to stay undefeated and stay ranked number one. Uh, how awesome is that? So uh, really, really cool from them. Shout out to the soccer team who came back from a 3 nothing deficit to beat Nebraska. That's always fun to see. Um, so again, it's always a great time to be a Hawkeye. I appreciate you listening and go Hawks. 